Welcome to Real and Raw with Ben Taylor. So each week I'm going to be sitting down and working through some of the things that I've had to work through over the past week. It's not just for me to be able to say, oh, look at all the stuff that I have. This is me to actually say, hey, if this is something I'm working through, this is you opening up the door for you to just give permission to yourself to process and to deal with the shit that's in your life on a day-to-day basis. So many times we get so wrapped up in life and so busy that it keeps us from actually working through the stuff that we're going through. The mental stuff, the emotional stuff, the feelings, all the different things that tend to just run into our lives on a day-to-day basis. So each day I have a process of working through that. That's called stacking. And inside stacking, it's helping me actually rewire the story that I believe, reframe my reality back to truth, back to actual reality versus a fiction or a fantasy or a different story that I tell myself. So come along with me just in the journey of understanding what I'm uncovering on a day-to-day basis. And I hope you can see how different stuff might open up doors for you to think through, the stuff that you're struggling through on a day-to-day basis. If you want help with this or you want to reach out and say, hey, I love how you're processing this. I want to process some of this the same way too, then go to rawmotivations.com. We'd love to be able to set up a time with you to be able to talk and be able to help you move forward. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and dive in into my stacks for this past week. So starting off the week, there was this moment that happened where I was really, really frustrated um, and I did an irritation stack on my wife. Like it's no, uh, it's no secret that like in any relationship, any marriage, like there's going to be conflict, right? There's going to be these different places where we just butt heads. I'm sure you've had that with different people in your life where you butt heads with other people. And this happened around our four-year-old. And like it happened because I don't, I don't even remember at this point, like the exact scenario of why our four-year-old was like melting down, but we were both getting frustrated. And as a result, we were both getting frustrated at each other. And so we finally got her to calm down to a place where I think she went outside, she was playing with the dogs, you know, just having a good time. And, but Kayla and I are still like ramped up. Like we're still like pissed off. We're still frustrated. And I was just irritated. So I, I had to go pick up some food. So I pulled out my phone and I'm just like voice texting into a stack being like, Hey, I am like pissed off. And I was irritated at this fact of like, Oh, this is what I currently see in my reality. My reality is Kayla said, Hey, I want to make this calm down corner for Sophia and then she hasn't done it. And so like I'm getting pissed off in my mind because I'm like, okay, well you said you want to do this. Now you're not doing it. In my mind, I'm just black and white. So I'm like, well that means you're a liar, right? That means that means you're just not actually going to do it. That means you're just, you know, not pulling your weight when you say, "Hey, I want to do this," but then you don't do it. I'm just like, "Really?" So like I was like really pissed off, okay? And in the moment, it felt like Kayla was trying to blame me. She was like, well, you said the printer didn't have ink. And I was like, yeah, but I said you could send it to Staples. And she was like, yeah, but you didn't offer to go get it for me. And like, there's all this back and forth, right? Like he said, she said like throwing stones, right? And so the whole piece going back and forth got me so frustrated and so pissed off that I was like, I need to actually process this because if I don't, it's gonna get to the place where I'm actually raging out. And so the story I'm telling myself is that Kayla has like these limiting beliefs that produce inaction at her part, like not actually doing anything. And half the stories are reflected back on me making it my fault. And so from that kind of jumping point, I just started off being like, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm pissed off. And being able to just sit with us and be like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm frustrated because this has been going on for a long while. Like I'm frustrated because I've said, hey, do this. And she doesn't do it. Like I'm frustrated because it just listed out like all of my frustrations. And like the evidence that I'm having is like, hey, she hasn't actually produced the calm down corner. Like the things she said she was going to do, she hasn't done. Now, 
I had to be able to get to a place of saying, what are the non-emotional facts? This is where it's hard. But when I'm able to step back and be like, okay, let's look at the facts from a non-emotionally triggered standpoint, what does that actually look like? And part of it was, first off, there's not a simple way for her to print off these charts at home. Like the printer's out of ink. It doesn't have the color ink. It just has a black and white ink. Like we don't have a laminator, so she can't laminate it here at home. Like, so that is a barrier to her actually doing it. You know, I know it's stuff that she's done tons of different times inside of business as far as like going to Staples or sending stuff in. So like, I'm like, I don't know why it's a big problem now. Now we put it in full perspective. We start pulling away from the emotional stuff over to just the facts of, hey, she's been struggling in the past little bit because she's been sick from being pregnant. Like that's a huge piece that has like held her back from doing a lot of things that she would normally do and remembering to do things that she would normally do as well. And she also informed me that she purchased it while she was sick versus I thought she had it like months before. So see, I'm already like assuming and projecting and thinking, oh, well, this is what's gonna happen. This is why you're not doing it, et cetera, et cetera. And so the whole point is I have to start working through the irritation because if I don't, it's going to turn to rage. Like it's gonna ramp up to anger. It's gonna ramp up to rage. And it's all gonna come down to like, hey, you didn't do what you said you were gonna do, making me the right person or her the wrong person. Like see how it like my mind automatically wants to pit against the other person. But at the end of the day, like what I really want is I want to be able to process my frustrations without taking out my anger on her. Like I want to be able to see it from her perspective and actually understand the struggles and things that's going on. Like I don't want to just throw solutions at it and get pissed off when she doesn't do it because that's not actually helping anything and it's not actually getting me what I want or her what she wants. It's just frustrating the whole situation. So like I had to realize like we're both fighting for the same thing ironically we're fighting over a calm down corner (laughs) like like it's something that like hey we both need to take a moment and calm down so we can actually figure out what we're doing with this calm down corner but like the whole thing is like i realize that we're fighting on the uh, for the same thing like we're fighting for a better future for our daughter we're fighting for a better future for the people in our lives for ourselves for our family and that's something that we both get really passionate about and we get both get really frustrated about but understanding that would put a whole new spin on it a whole new light on it And so understanding if I can actually let go of that frustration, if I can let go of that, what could actually be possible? Like, how could my life actually be? Then I wrote it out. I was like, Kayla and I could actually have be connected and on the same page and doing whatever it takes to help our daughter process her emotions and her feelings. If that means that I need to help or submit it or go pick it up, it doesn't matter. The end result is that we're working together to build a better family and a better relationship together. Regardless of how that inconveniences, frustrates, or annoys either one of us, We are locked in the main goal of guiding and helping our daughter. Huge difference than walking in where I'm just pissed off at Kayla. And so this is the piece that I try to use every single day. Some days more than others, but I'm using it every single day of helping my mindset. Because if I don't help my mindset, it's going to shove me down in a place where I'm going to only view the world and reality in the way that I want to see it. When a lot of times it's not even true. When a lot of times it's just, oh, what I want to see or what I want to feel. So that was just last week. That was just one day. Welcome to my world. It gets really wild. I'm sure your world is really crazy and really packed too. And so this process is like, how do you deal with triggers as quick as possible? And this is why I use this process called stacking because it helps me walk through mentally and emotionally to actually help myself get grounded and get centered. Because if I don't do this, like it'll be all over the place. Now, stepping into 2024, there's a lot of things that are moving forward inside of business, inside of growth, inside of having a new kid, all of these things coming in. And I just feel this sense of like overwhelm. 
like a, a week or two into 2024 and I just feel overwhelmed. Like this is a lot of stuff that's going on, a lot that I'm trying to work on, a lot that I'm trying to do. And at the same time, like I'm getting this feeling of like this stuff is going to overwhelm me and take over. Like, have you ever had this place where you're in a spot where you're looking at the future and you're like, hey, a lot of this is going to overwhelm me, is going to even paralyze me now because I don't know what to do. I was kind of getting that space. I was like, I feel like I'm going to get to a place where I'm paralyzed because I don't actually know what I need to do or I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. And this overwhelm is just like, oof, this is too much. And what I realized is I'm constantly trying to see what's next. Like I'm constantly looking at the future and I'm like, oh, what's next? How do I do this? And so I get really excited because I'm like, oh, this is what's next. This is what's going on. But then if I don't actually know how I'm going to do it, I start to get frustrated. I start to get like, oh, well, maybe I can't do it. Maybe I need to change something. Maybe I need to lower my goals. Maybe I need to figure something different out. And so I start moving into this whole thing and I'm like adding pressure to myself of like, what's next? Like I'm trying to get everything going in the right direction and there seems to be an overwhelming pressure that's put on me on like day-to-day basis. Like I, don't even, I can't even identify all of it. It just feels like this pressure. And so part of this is like, how do I continue moving forward into trust in the process, to trust in God opening the right doors, leading me in the right way and being able to trust that he's got it in control. That's been a unique thing for me that I've never had in my life and I've never focused on is me actually trusting my future, knowing what I can do, how I can produce, and trusting in God, that he's actually going to be there for me and show me the way. Then part of this, it stresses me out. It puts me in a place where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this because if I have to trust, that means I have to actually give up my control. I have to actually let go of things and realize that it's not just all me. And so part of the lesson I took from this is that life is going to stress you out only if I let it. But to keep moving forward is a daily process, trusting, stepping, moving in the right direction. And so you need to understand, like, as you're going through life, you're going to have so many times where you get stressed out. And the only difference is how are you going to keep moving forward? Just one step at a time, one step at a time. That's all you can do is just one step ahead. So we step into the next day. The next day, I had a meeting with one of my therapists that I work with. I'm alternating between two different ones right now, trying to just work through different things. And we open up this whole concept of doors again. And so we've dealt with previous doors in, in previous sessions. And this door that we opened up was the door of hatred. And it was really fascinating because I was like, I didn't expect to have any type of hatred in my life. What is actually going on? And so we start diving into this and it took us a while to close the door to hatred because I, one, I didn't realize it was open and then two, I didn't realize who it was directed to. There's different aspects that I was directed to uh, an uncle in the past. It was directed to a former boss. It was directed through different things that I learned, like even like subconsciously, like from my parents of, oh, like this is something that I felt or this is something that like was put on me or this is something that I need to forgive just so I can emotionally let go of it. So there's a piece of like emotionally letting go and forgiving like expectations, like condemnation of like putting something on me of you need to be this way, act this way. And there's been times that I've thought about this, but not necessarily walk through a process of like mentally and emotionally like forgiving and letting it actually go. 
and closing like doors in my life, learning how to close and open and seal different doors that I don't need in my life. It's been an interesting and a challenging process, but it's been refining me in different ways that I've never thought about before. Stepping into a session, sometimes I have no clue what direction we're going, what we're going to talk about. And then it just starts opening up and we're like, okay, I guess we're going here. It's interesting because I was writing inside my stack and I was like, one of the things that I know Ed Milet talks about is that when he gets to heaven, like he's going to, he thinks he's going to meet the perfect version of himself. And a part of him will be learning and seeing like how close he can actually get to that version of him. And so there's a part of all the work that I do inside of the stacking, the things I do on a day-to-day basis is to be able to work on expanding and growing who I actually am. Like I know that I'm supposed to be not just better of like, oh, I'm a bad person, I need to be better, but like I know I'm called to do more. Like I know I'm called to impact more, to speak more, to interact more, to to love more, to care more, to be able to show more, like all of these different things and being able to actually step forward and realize I'm working on closing doors that have been open my entire life, that have been controlling my perceptions, my my reality, my idea of who I actually am. And so I want to give you an idea that like, as you're going through life, there's going to be different doors in your life that you have open that are actually hindering you from being the person you're called to be. I've dealt with previous doors that were cutting off soul ties, that were closing the door to generational sexual sin, to my own sexual sin, to hatred, to lust, to all these different types of things where I've been working on actually closing and changing and and growing in that area. And you have to understand you have different doors too. We all have hundreds of them. The question is, is, are your doors that you have in your life, are they open to positive things or open to negative things? And if they're open to negative things, what are you actually doing to close them? Or is it something that stuff is just going in and out, moving back and forth? And so understanding that this whole process of growing closer and developing like who you are is this process of how you actually open and close doors in your life. Super hard. It's not easy. All right, so stepping into another part of the week, uh, another another moment happened with Sophia, our four-year-old. She's super independent. She's a combination of my personality, of Kayla's personality, and it's amazing, and it's also terrifying sometimes because the four-year-old has such a mind of her own, and sometimes I run, run around and end up clashing with the four-year-old, and then I find myself uh, arguing with the four-year-old, thinking that my logic is going to beat her logic when she doesn't even understand logic. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, and so I have to work on my ego and my pride. But what happened is it exposed me. It exposed that feeling, that thought of like, I have to be right. And so I did a gratitude stock of like, what am I actually doing? I'm, I'm grateful for the exposure between myself and Sophia. Like seeing that if I don't have all the answers to parenting her and getting her to do what I want. Like that's the whole thing of like, hey, this is what triggered me. And I'm triggered because like when I, when I get triggered, I focus just on conformity versus connection like when i'm triggered i get frustrated i'm just like you will comply like that's the whole idea like stop back talking stop acting this way and what i do is i sever this piece of connection and i just try to get her to like stop crying stop doing what she's doing whatever it might be stop hitting the dog like whatever it might be i focus so much on like just respect me versus let's connect to be able to work through it because she's still working through emotions and that's the ironic thing is like as i try to help her with her emotions it's really just helping me Telling me, figure out how do I actually process this? But I had to like tell myself, I was like, hey, what I actually want in these moments is I want to be able to calm down and realize that I won't get her to calm down or listen 
if I'm going off just trying to get her to comply, just trying to get her to do what I want her to do, there has to be a moment where I actually dial it back and I'm like, hey, I need to connect with her first before she's even gonna understand. Because oftentimes she gets to these places where she won't understand, she'll be emotional, she'll be frustrated, and I'm like, but this is what I need you to do. Then it doesn't help anything. Like all it does is frustrate, and then typically circling back later, she actually had no clue what I wanted her to do because she was so triggered. Because she wasn't able to work through her emotions to be able to figure this out. So like part of it is like, I wanna be able to continue to grow and develop. All right, so then I stepped into another stack. This might take up the rest of the podcast because I think this one's essential. And I'm actually, I wasn't sure, but I'm actually just gonna read it to you because I think this is so impactful to me and I wanna share it to you because what is your definition or your thought of shame? Shame has been a huge piece that has controlled a lot of my life for a long period of time. And it has taken a unique twist over the past year of what shame actually looks like in my life and what shame actually does in my life and how shame is actually portrayed. So I wanna talk to you a little bit about this. So the title of this stack was Shame Does Not Know Who I Will Be, Shame Cannot See the Future. And so I'm going through, I'm starting to stack, I'm starting to work through this and uh, bring it up and I'm like, hey, last night the conversation turned to the topic of shame inside of our Thriver group. This has been a hot topic for me for years, learning, learning about it, seeing it, understanding it. There's so many things inside of what I do and how I show up that has been filled for sh- with shame for years. It is really interesting how so many people have shame, they just don't see how to work through it. Why is shame so elusive to me? It was for a long time. I saw it as an enemy trying to attack me, trying to distract me. I remember a meditation a while ago where shame was the monster in the dark that would murder me. I wasn't able to heal it until I embraced a younger version of myself and stepped into acceptance. And that acceptance was acceptance of who I was and who I am now. There's a difference. Shame will, be, shame will keep me stuck longer than I want to be. Shame will tell me that I have to be this way. Shame will hold me captive for so many years. This part of shame in my life will control me if I let it, but I choose not to. That's a lot easier said than done, right? For sure. But the other side of this is worth the sacrifice to be there. Being able to sit with so much less shame than what I ever had before is huge. Being able to be here now owning more of myself than I've ever owned before is absolutely massive. It's life-changing. So where do I see shame now? I see shame in little things. It's the small things. It is not the huge problems in my life, but it is the little moments. The people that are closest to me will be the ones who poke and prod and open up wounds of shame in my life. I'm going to see this happen more and more as I grow and rise because shame will try to take me down. There's been something so prevalent in my life, it thinks that it has free reign in my life. It does not. In fact, it never had any control over my life except for the power that I gave to it. The power that I gave over to shame was the only things that gave itself might. It didn't get strong with anything else. It got strong and powerful just because of the fact that it was told that it could by myself. I am in charge of shame. I'm in charge of how I feel about it. I'm in charge of how I show up each day about shame as well. Shame only has the power that I give it. Without me giving it power, it will do nothing. Okay, well, how do I take away its power? Humble honesty and ownership, for me, that's what it is. When I feel shame in my life, it's because of my parenting. When I feel shame in my life, it's because I'm doing something wrong. When I feel shame in my life, it's because I'm failing at something. What happens if I just own it? 
My parenting at times, it's shit. I'm changing how I've been raised and how I'm showing up today. I do a lot of things wrong. That's okay. Own it and move forward. I fail at a lot of things. So it doesn't matter how much or how hard that I fail, but that I keep going. Shame only has the power that I give it. So when I feel shame, call it out. So when I feel the trigger and things start to overwhelm me, give it a name. Call it out. What would be different if I called shame out? I know right then there would be a mind and a soul of what is actually happening. Like Kayla would know what is happening in that moment and I could help support or temper what she is doing or saying. It would reduce the trigger. This speaking like specifically to like if I'm doing something and Kayla said something and it brings up shame, like actually telling her versus just like having it inside me. Why don't I say anything when I feel shame? Because I'm ashamed. Look at the cycle. The cycle keeps me in the cycle. The thing I don't want to have in my life is the exact thing that's keeping me in my life. So I have to break the cycle. That means I have to be willing to call it out. What happens if I don't call it out? It wins. It sedates. It hides. I lose. Naming shame reduces the power that it has over me. And I step into this other one. I want to be able to continue talking through this. But I want you just to pause and think, what power does shame have over you right now? Like when you think of shame, what comes up for you? What's the thing that's holding you back? What's the thing that is shameful to you? And I want you to consider what this means as I step into this next session. Shame is here to expose me. Shame is here to shine a light on the things that I don't want to see. Shame is here to educate me. Shame is here to hold me accountable. Shame is here to remind me. Shame is here to encourage me. Shame does what I tell it to do. Shame is controlled by me. Shame is run by what I think and do about myself. Shame does not define me. Shame can remind me of who I was, but it does not show me who I will be. Shame is ever past looking. Shame does not see the future. Shame lies. Shame cries. Shame degrades. Shame deceives. But shame cannot see the future. You see, that's the lie that we believe. We think that shame can see the future. We think that shame knows us better than we know ourselves. We see that shame is controlled so much. We think it will continue to control so much more. Shame is a part of me. That means it is mine. I control it. I dictate the length and the depth that is allowed to go on in my mind. When it has permeated myself, it is because I did not hold it checked, but let it run rampant over my life. That's not its job. It is not in that role. Shame does not define the future. Shame is only looking at the past. I can't have shame in the future. Like I can't beat myself up for something that hasn't happened yet. Shame lies in what I did in the past, what I, not what I did in the future. That's the person in the past is not able to be the person in the future. Here's the lie. Shame doesn't know who I will be. It tries to predict. It tries to tell me who I'll be. But the future is not predicted by the past. The future is predicted by the actions that I take right now. The future is unleashed when I see who I am tomorrow is only defined by today. Shame can't keep up in present time. Shame is only a past thing. It can't be here now in this moment because there is action. When I don't do what I say I'm going to do, I feel shame, right? Because I broke a promise. But it's in the past. Shame in the past is defining, not future realigning. There's something to be said about when shame shows up in my life. It's highlighting. It's showing me a highlight reel of failures in my life. Okay, own them. Yes, I failed. What now, shame? 
Will you keep trying to tell me who I am? I am not who you say I am. Because I'm not the sum of my past. I am the steps of my future. I'm the person today that will transform into the person of tomorrow. Shame cannot see the future. There's a positive shame. And there's a toxic shame. I've always only looked at being toxic. Something that was beating me up, hurting me. I always viewed it as something that was hurtful and harmful that I need to hide from. Why? Because shame would beat me up. Shame would destroy me. Shame would kill me. All lies. Shame does not have any more power over me than the power that I give it. Shame does not control me. It cannot force me to make me do anything. It cannot define or establish dominance over my life. Shame operates only in the space and in the container that I give it. I determine how much attention or time that it gets. Positive shame. What is shame? Definition, a painful feeling of distress or humiliation caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Look at it. It is just caused by me. I can control it. How does this go positive at all? That doesn't seem to make sense. It's all based on something I did wrong or was stupid about. Yes, there are a lot of things that I do wrong and I am really foolish about. So the difference is simply this. What do I do about it? How do I learn from it? Can I actually learn without shame? Not the shame that's beating me down, but the shame that is exposing. When I have shame in my life, it's like shining a flood lamp on one tiny spot in my life. Shame makes that one spot in my life seem all-consuming. It makes that one spot in my life seem like it's the worst thing ever. But is it? What if shame is just the magnifying glass, showing me all the imperfections of who I am? What if shame is just the picture of who I am naked and exposed with the truth? When I flip the script on shame, it looks way different. Shame is an exposure tool to show me where I can learn. Shame is a positive opportunity to learn more than I could without it. Shame is the magnifying glass that shows me exactly what I need to work on. Shame is a reminder of who I am if I go back to the wrong choices that I've made. Shame is a light inside of my own darkness, ripping away the grip that the deep holds over the precious ego, self, and self-righteousness. Shame is amazing. It is kind to expose. It is exciting to see. It is liberating to watch. It is embracing a new version of me. I cannot do this without shame. The greatest thing that held me back, the biggest enemy that I thought I had for years was not shame. It was the story I was telling myself about shame. Shame is pretty amazing in my life. It has been in my darkness. Now I'm bringing it to light. It is not my kryptonite. It is my superpower. Shame. Thank you for exposing me in order that I might be free. The shame that trapped me has now liberated me. As I finish that today, I want you to consider what is shame telling you? Like you just heard my entire stack walking through it in depth, reading every single word of saying, hey, this is what shame has had control over my life. This is the perspective that shame's had for such a long period of time. And I want you to consider just for a moment, what perspective do you have on shame? Like is shame something that actually runs and controls and dictates different pieces of your life? Is shame something that is limiting you, trapping you, and holding you back? 
They shame something that you're not willing to expose or name because you're afraid of how you feel or what other people will say or how they will act. And as a result, it keeps you stuck in this cycle of shame going around and around over and over and you don't get free from your own stories, from your own thoughts, from the cycle of shame that just keeps happening. I want you to be free. Free from the shame that controls you. Free from the shame that holds you hostage. If anything, I I hope and I pray that just reading through that shame, the stack about shame today, like just gives you a glimpse into a different aspect of what shame actually could be. That it opens up a door for you to be able to consider maybe shame has been controlling your life in a way that you don't actually want it to control. But that is your decision to not have it control you anymore. For you to actually be liberated from the shame that you have that seems like it's all-encompassing, that is overwhelming you. And that shame is something that you give it power. You give it authority and you don't have to anymore. I'm working on breaking it down, of tearing it out of my life because shame has been the piece that has held me captive for such a long period of time. And if anything... I hope that in just hearing this today, you can hear a different perspective because I thought shame was only one directional. Like it was only that way. It was only the toxic version. It was only the thing that was beating me up, that was pushing me down, that was making life feel awful. What if it's not? What if it's not? What if you have today the opportunity as you listen to this audio of just working through your concept of shame. Where could you actually be if shame no longer controlled you, imprisoned you, and held you down? I want you to consider today. Take some time. Sit down with a piece of paper. Write it down. What control does shame have over you? And start thinking through what is it actually exposing Because if you call it out, if you name it, if you see what it's actually exposing, you can actually be set free from it. It's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in an hour. It's not going to happen in a week or probably a month. But shame doesn't have to control you. If you want help with this, from the journey that I'm going on, dealing with shame and the tools that I use on a day-to-day basis to defeat it once and for all, go to realmotivations.com because I want to be able to talk to you. And help you move forward in the process of you growing and developing. Thank you all for tuning in today. If you would, please like, rate, review, share this episode. To someone that you know might be dealing with shame and doesn't know how to deal with it. Doesn't know how to think about it. And maybe this will just help open a different perspective. Maybe for you today, just hearing this might just give you a different perspective on shame and give you the permission to step into feeling it, wondering about it, seeing is it exposing something that you can actually work on. My friends, thank you for listening today. Thank you for just being here as I open up and share the stuff that's been happening in my life, hoping that it impacts you and your life and giving you a permission to step into your feelings, emotions, and process them and help you move forward. If I can be of any help, please reach out. Go to realmotivations.com.